Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Stephen Bassett, the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. He founded in 1996 to end a government-imposed embargo on the truth behind extraterrestrial-related phenomena. He has spoken to audiences all around this planet about the implications of formal disclosure by world governments of an extraterrestrial presence. And here he is on Coast to Coast. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to bring in an associate of Stevens as well to talk about some incredible things they are working on as a team. Stephen, welcome back, my friend. Hi, George. One day I want to talk to some audiences off planet. <laughs> you will do that, I'm sure. You may be one of the first. What did you think of that lead-in story that the U.S. may be testing some Space Force craft? Well, the U.S. is always uh, testing uh, uh, craft. Uh, including crafting involved in uh, in space activities as part of the classified space program. The new sexy name Space Force has kind of given it a, a little bit of uh, uh, panache. Uh, I'm not clear whether anything new, truly new and dramatic is happening, but I am uh, uh, glad that so much attention is being paid to any story like that. Uh, yep. The government, I think, is starting to realize that people are really focusing on what they're doing, and that's a good thing. I mean, you've been at Disclosure for, gosh, 20-some years now. What got you into this field? Uh, well, I'm glad you uh, asked that, because there's something I wanted to, to sort of say to your audience. Because um, uh, I know you have a lot of new people that are joining your, your show every year, and many of them may not be that familiar with the history uh, of this issue, uh, particularly the political side of it. And what I wanted to mention was this, that, Coast to Coast AM has played an extremely important role in the disclosure activist movement, uh, and and I hope you, I want your listeners to know that it goes back to the mid '90s. It does, uh, or the '90s, when the man, the legend Art Bell, uh, who had done a lot of talk, uh, just in, a lot of it was politics, and he hated politics, and so he wanted out of that, and so he moved into a new genre, late night, and the paranormal. Uh, I don't use paranormal; I think everything in the universe is normal. And it took off right away. But about that time, about 96, 97, the political approach to this was starting to shape up, taking form. Uh, I entered the field in uh, July of 1996. Stephen Gurr had already been up on the Hill with a lot of meetings for several years at that point. And things were shifting. And the reason that I got involved and came down from uh, Cambridge after spending some time at John Mack's uh, uh, research group up there was because I came to a conclusion I've mentioned many times on your show that the problem with this resolving this issue is not science. We've had plenty of science confirming the ET presence for a long time. The problem is political. The government made a political decision to deny the science, embargo the issue, ridicule it, and diminish it as much as possible. Just as if the government had decided back in the 19, early 1900s that this relativity thing that they'd come up with, that time changes, space bends, that's ridiculous. So it, it, it's outlawed. It's embargoed. No, people can't study it. You're not supposed to talk about it. If you do, we'll ridicule you. It's exactly like that. Yep. So the issue started to take form, and Art Bell made a fateful decision. Even though he hated politics, he said, I'm going to let people like me come on and talk about the politics of what we call then the politics of UFOs and eventually the politics of disclosure and exopolitics. That term turned up around 2000. And we did. 
Uh, and what happened there was that for the first time in the history of this issue, the political approach to this had a large core audience, uh, somewhere around three, four, five million, whatever it was back then. That's a seed audience. And they weren't going to hear it one time. They were going to hear it over and over again, thus giving the political aspect of this that core audience that allowed it to see the ideas into the commons. And from there, it spread from that audience to other parts of the country. It was slow, but it was irreversible, and it was relentless. And I just want to say that history one day is going to be very kind to Art, to the, the hosts that follow him, and, of course, to you, uh, George, and the show and premiere uh, for the role it played in helping to bring us to this moment now and also eventually disclosure. I remember, Stephen, when you were my local guest back in uh, 96 in St. Louis when I was the Nighthawk, and uh, right around that time period we had heard that Art was uh, going to resign uh, because we were carrying a show on our station at that time. And this was before, this is five years before I even got involved filling in for anybody. And I remember getting your reaction, not on the air, but personally, and you were so upset. And I didn't comprehend why you were so upset. I realized that later after I got involved with the show of how important uh, this was to the community community that you represented. But uh, I remember that day. And uh, 23 years ago, yeah, um, a lot has happened. But this show, it's not only affected... I've been key to the phenomenology, bringing untold researchers on. I, I went through the guests the other night. I can't believe how many guests have been on that show. It seems like thousands. Oh, my God, yes. To the politics, because this is a political problem. Gee, I, 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 we have so many political problems. Well, this is one of them, and we got to end this embargo, and hopefully it will happen soon. Now, the late Edgar Mitchell, we've lost him. He was a great supporter of yours. He was a great supporter of the community. What happens when we lose people like him, Stanton Friedman, dedicated ufologists? How hurt are we with that, with these losses? Every field, every every issue, every great movement loses people. Civil rights movement, every one of them. And it's always sad when they don't get to see the prize. A lot of the great civil rights leaders never, never lived to see the 64 Civil Rights Act, the Voting Act. And other movements, the same thing. And it's true for us, but uh, people take their place, uh, I assure you. Witnesses are coming forward now all the time. And so we've lost Edgar. We've lost a number of the Greer witnesses from 2001. But now we've got witnesses coming forward from the Nimitz event, a pilot after pilot, radar technicians. Uh, we've got witnesses that came forward with respect to nuclear weapons tampering. So these people will... Will, will be, I, I want these people to be remembered, and, and hopefully history will, but new people come on, uh, because this issue is never going to go away until it's, and, well, it's going to be resolved, and then we're going to be in a whole different place, and we'll be talking about much different things, and history hopefully will make sure that everyone involved, right up until disclosure, gets a proper hearing in, in, in the books, and their story is told including Edgar's, including yours, including mine, including Art's, and all our colleagues. I have to uh, really, uh, especially folks like you, Stephen, who have dedicated your career truly to this field, uh, commend you for the staying power, uh, for the investigative ability, 
to do what you do. And uh, I, I've, I've never witnessed anybody who has more tenacity than you to go after this and to get this done. And, uh, I mean, on behalf of the community, of which I'm a small part of, thank you for what you do. It's kind of you, George. If a tenacity was money, I'd be living in a beach house. <laughs> I, I know I have a lot, lot of colleagues that can match my tenacity, I assure you. And uh, they're going to they're gonna stick with this. A little bit later on, we're going to be bringing in Teresa Tyndall. I'll have you explain later who she is and uh, what you two will be doing together in, in, in a partnership. Um, mm-hmm. But she uh, she's a, the Maryland State Director of MUFON, so we'll get into that as well. What do you think, Stephen, the state of ufology is today in terms of what we're getting from information? You know, the Tom DeLong group. Uh, information there. We're hearing about those Navy aircraft uh, pilots who spotted uh, the tic-tac-toe type uh, UFO. What do you think's happening these days? Because we seem to be getting more stories than before. Of course. No, we're in a whole different place. Uh, I've got an update about to go out. It'll start the process of really engaging the entire To the Stars Academy uh, project and events and history. Uh, and it's going to be very, very, very much featured on the podcast we'll be talking about later. That's going to be launched fairly soon. I'm fairly emphatic about this. Um, I'm, I'm up. I'm up to speed on the history of this. I'm up to speed on the criticisms which were expected. And I will be clear: uh, the To the Stars Academy is the most significant thing that has ever happened in the history of this issue in the modern era. It is the absolute cutting edge of the disclosure movement right now in its own way, operating in the way that it has to operate. It has created things uh, that have never happened before. Uh, It's opened doors. And frankly, if the political situation wasn't as chaotic as it is, and it's chaotic. It's it's unbelievable. And you're still in Washington. You're in D.C. still, right? Well, I, 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 no, I, I, I moved back to D.C. Uh, September 13th, relocated back from California after three years away. Okay. But I am back to stay, yeah. Okay, you're in, so you're gonna, right in the middle of this power struggle that's going on right now. I'm watching it very closely because the, 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 the terrestrial politics uh, has a lot of impact on the extraterrestrial or the exopolitics. Uh, and there's really two big stories in Washington uh, well, they're national, but certainly playing out in Washington. One, of course, is extraterrestrial. It is the, uh, uh, it's been going on in the background, uh, with meetings on the Hill and so forth, certain news stories, and of course, the revelations that have come out. But generally, it's, uh, second to the other story, which is this massive political maelstrom, which I've never seen in my lifetime. And I, I, I was in Washington during Watergate and, during the Clinton administration and impeachments and all kinds of, I was, I was there during the anti-war movement when things were really crazy in the streets. This is not like that. But from a political standpoint, this is unprecedented. And so <laughs> it's trying to get something done in Washington right now, other than servicing this storm, is pretty much like walking out into a storm and trying to play tennis or something, 100-mile-an-hour winds. You just can't do it. And so the the extraterrestrial, the exopolitical story is in, uh, on kind of, not on hold, but it's in abeyance. And it's not going to really take off until the uh, terrestrial political story 
has some conclusion, has some relatively defined resolution. So these are interesting times, believe me. I'm, I'm never bored. So I've got both of these stories on my mind. I'm following all the time. And what can I say? Let's, let's hope that we make some progress. Why do you think government now seems to be leaking these stories where five years ago, ten years ago, it would have been unheard of? Like every, every great political activist movement in history, you, it's like you, you're just, you, you knock on the door, and you, you keep knocking, and you knock again, and it goes on for years, and you keep knocking until one day the door breaks. Uh, governments don't give up power. They don't give up information easily. Entrenched policies uh, with all kinds of, of oxes connected to it. It can be gored, uh, interest, multiple you know, interest groups. Getting major change is really hard. Uh, and you don't get into this kind of work unless you understand that. It may take 10, 15, 20, 30. It could take 70 years. But it's, it's a slow it, it's inevitably going to be a fairly slow process that builds and until it hits a critical mass. And exactly what constitutes a critical mass in a, in a major activist movement is hard to say. Usually it gets kind of there and then something precipitating event just explodes it. Uh, and that's where we are. And we've been that way for a while in terms of disclosure. We've been like a super saturated solution, just waiting for one shock to the system to just have it condense right out. So that's that's the way to think about it, uh, and, and and what's brought us to this point where the TTSA group was was actually able to form from within the Pentagon and the MIC, the military intelligence complex, and create a public entity, and start getting gun camera footage, and start getting cooperation with witnesses from a major event, yep. like an event, and, and have is, pilots is, talk about it too. I mean, they they've gone forward, absolutely, uh, and they're getting heard. You know the nuclear weapons tampering witnesses were non not trivial. They had they they worked on uh, the the uh, missile bases. They had high clearances, and they've been testifying on this since 2000 or 2005. Uh, but these they haven't got the attention these pilots are because we're now in a different place. Eventually, the nuclear weapons tampering and witnesses are going to get a big play when things start to move forward again. But it it took it took 70 years. Uh, of effort on the part of thousands of people in the citizen science research activist arena, little by little, book by book, conference by conference, just continuing to go forward as best they could with very little funds and, of course, uh, in the middle of an embargo by their own government. And they have pushed it to this point. And now we're seeing the government itself, particularly the military intelligence complex, starting to get involved. Why? Because, and I'll simplify this, uh, it's more complicated, but I'll simplify it to this. The military intelligence complex is our defenders. They're good people. They don't make a lot of money. They protected us for a long time. We haven't had a nuclear war. They make mistakes, but usually because politicians tell them to. And they don't feel that they're the bad guys. But they know that if disclosure takes place from an American president, or from a foreign president. Or a foreign president, which, that's right. That could and, happen. And, and then and goes around the world that they are in a very bad place because what is going to happen is the political class is going to throw them right under the tank. 
meaning the politicians are all jump up and say, yes, the ETs are here, and oh, we wanted to tell you. Oh, God, yes, we're, we're truth-tellers, but the bad, bad DOD wouldn't let us. They hit everything, black programs. They, they stonewall Clinton. They stonewall Carter and Obama. They're bad guys, and they, they, don't, they, don't, they aren't bad guys. They don't want to be seen that way, and so they had a serious public relations problem. If, if, it, if disclosure is really close, and I assure you, in 2015, it was looking damn close and got even more so in 2016. And then you've got the foreign uh, component of Putin who could act any time. They're realizing we've got to get ahead of this. And so they actually stepped into this, not because not simply to, to protect themselves against uh, um, uh, uh, the politicians, should they not take action and be sitting tight, but also because there are plenty of people inside the military intelligence complex that definitely personally believe that the American people should know the truth about this and should have known it years ago. So it's not a monolith, and there's a lot of supporters inside. There's also still that want to keep the embargo going. But clearly, those that want to move forward have gotten enough leverage to allow the Two of the Stars Academy to form with all of these people that had worked in these programs in the military intelligence complex under top clearances to be involved in elaborate, complex program raising money Going and putting out news stories, generating content, um, and 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 without that support, they couldn't do this. So that's a sense of what's going on and why we're seeing uh, this uh, uh, rather significant sea change. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.